Psalm of David. I will exalt you, my God, the King. I will praise your name for ever and ever. Every day I will praise you and extol your name for ever and ever. Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom. One generation will commend your works to another. They will tell of your mighty acts. They will speak of the glorious splendour of your majesty. And I will meditate on your wonderful works. They will tell of the power of your awesome works. And I will proclaim your great deeds. They will celebrate your abundant goodness and joyfully sing of your righteousness. The Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and rich in love. The Lord is good to all. He has compassion on all he has made. All you have made will praise you, O Lord. Your saints will extol you. They will tell of the glory of your kingdom and speak of your might so that all people may know of your mighty acts and the glorious splendour of your kingdom. Your kingdom is, is an everlasting kingdom and your dominion endures through all generations. The Lord is faithful to all his promises and loving towards all he has made. The Lord upholds all those who fall and lifts up all who are bowed down. The eyes of all look to you. And you give them their food at the proper time. You open your hand and satisfy the desires of every living thing. The Lord is righteous in all his ways and loving towards all he has made. The Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. He fulfills the desires of those who fear him. He hears their cry and saves them. The Lord watches over all who love him, but all the wicked he will destroy. My mouth will speak in praise of the Lord. Let every creature praise his holy name for ever and ever. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. For our Gospel reading, we turn to Matthew chapter 5. If you'd like to stand with me. Matthew chapter 5 and verses 25 to 33. Hear the Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to St. Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. In fact, it's chapter 6, 25 to 33. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more important than food, and the body more important than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the lilies of the field grow. They do not labour or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon, in all his splendour, was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, though you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things. 
And your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore do not worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ, King of eternal glory. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. And so, Lord, we pray that by your Spirit you might speak to us now. In Jesus' name. Amen. Striking, isn't it, those, those words at the end of Matthew 6 and uh, the way in which they speak into our context today. That whole thing about not, not worrying and trusting God for the very basic things of life. We do well to meditate on those words this morning. But I want to focus particularly on Psalm 145 this morning. There are 7.8 billion people living in the world. There are 10 million at least different species on earth. So how come we often behave as though the world revolves around us? My needs, my wants, my struggles, my concerns. Yesterday we had the budget. Sure, some of us were asking, what will it mean for me? The budget calculator is very popular on the BBC website. Apparently I'm £8.33 better off a month. Don't spend it all at once. With the coronavirus, an immediate concern is how will it affect me? How will it affect my family, my friends, those in my immediate network? We all fall into that trap at times. We're human after all. But today want to invite us to look beyond ourselves and grasp a big, bigger vision with the help of this psalm, of Psalm 145. It's the last of the psalms in the Bible that's attributed to David. David himself was prone to a bit of introspection, certainly felt sorry for himself after his indiscretion with Bathsheba was found out and his ensuing efforts uh, cover up and self-preservation. But here in this psalm, he's at his, his brilliant best. A psalm in praise of the Creator, there's none of this self-pity and attention-seeking. Instead, he's putting God's centre stage, and he takes us on a journey. It's a psalm that starts in very personal terms. David, the individual, giving praise to God. I will exalt you. I will praise you. I will praise you. I will meditate on your wonderful works. I will proclaim your great deeds. David himself is caught up in worship and adoration. It's as if there's no one else in sight. There's a picture of total dependence and submission before God. But after a few verses, there's a journey from the I to they. He recognises he's not the only one bringing his praise. And so, in verse 4, One generation commends your works to another. They tell of your mighty works. His vision is opened up to people down the generations bringing praise to God. David stands at one point in history, but he's part of an ongoing legacy of men and women worshipping down the generations. 
And in that was a recognition of who God is and what he's done. It's not just a personal thing, but it's a shared experience. And David begins to marvel at both the character of God and at the works of God. In terms of the character of God, verse 8 speaks of the Lord being gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and rich in love. A phrase that's used elsewhere in the psalm, Psalm 103. In verse 13, you are trustworthy in all you promise, faithful in all you do. Verse 17, righteous in all his ways, faithful in all he does. Verse 18, near to all who call on him. So there's much about God's character. David is worshipping the God who is all these things. But then the verbs that um, David uses pick up on the works of God. The one who is the provider. The one who is upholding, who is fulfilling, who is watching over, who is even at times destroying. But the journey doesn't just go from I to they, it goes even further. The psalm branches out. If it started to the personal and then moved to the corporate, it ends with the universal. David builds up to it in verse 10. In the NIV it says, All your works praise you, Lord. Some versions actually say, All your creatures praise you, Lord. And the psalm finishes with that line, Let every creature praise his holy name forever and ever. The creator God is worthy of the praise from every aspect of his creation. All 10 million species owe their existence to the creator. Just as we are not self-sufficient, neither are any of God's created beings. And in that sense, we're on a level with them. Now obviously there's use of metaphor in the psalm, different things going on here. But it links with our responsibility for creation. We may have been given that mandate to rule and subdue that we looked at uh, last week. But that doesn't give us the right to exploit and destroy. And as I was reading this psalm, I was reminded of that great hymn, All Creatures of Our God and King. So I uh, googled it, looked at its backstory. And what I hadn't realised was that the hymn writer William Henry Draper had adapted the words from a poem by Francis of Assisi. Francis of Assisi, known as the patron saint of animals, or, or more commonly actually these days, the patron saint of ecology. Here was someone who felt very much at one with God's creation. Perhaps he's a few centuries ahead of his time in environmental concern. And so the, uh, the poem that William Henry Draper adapted to that, uh, to that hymn, All Creatures of Our Golden King, is known as the Canticle of the Creatures. I'm just going to read it to us now. Most high, all-powerful, good Lord, yours are the praises, the glory, and the honour, and all blessing. To you alone, most high, do they belong, and no human is worthy to mention your name. Praised be you, my Lord, with all your creatures, especially Sir Brother Sun, who is the day and through whom you give us light. And he is beautiful and radiant with great splendour, and bears a likeness of you, Most High One. 
Praise be you, my Lord, through sister moon and the stars. In heaven you formed them clear and precious and beautiful. Praised be you, my Lord, through brother wind and through the air, cloudy and serene and every kind of weather, through whom you give sustenance to your creatures. Praised be you, my Lord, through sister water, who is very useful and humble and precious and chaste. Praise be you, my Lord, through brother fire, through whom you light the nights, and he is beautiful and playful and robust and strong. Praise be you, my Lord, through our sister Mother Earth, who sustains and governs us, and who produces various fruit with coloured flowers and herbs. Praise be you, my Lord, through those who give pardon for your love and bear infirmity and tribulation. Blessed are those who endure in peace, for by you, Most High, shall they be crowned. Praise be you, my Lord, through our sister bodily death, from whom no one living can escape. Woe to those who die in mortal sin. Blessed are those whom death will find in your most holy will, for the second death shall do them no harm. Praise and bless my Lord, and give him thanks, and serve him with great humility. In St Francis we find someone who was able to look beyond himself, whose focus was raised beyond the immediate horizon of his own personal concerns to God himself. And in doing so he began to love God's creation as God himself loves it. And here's a great example to us as we consider some of the environmental challenges of our day. He expresses that perspective of the whole creation giving praise to God giving the various aspects of creation a a family identity. And in family, we have a responsibility to look out for one another. We haven't got time to unpack that further this morning, but I wonder what that means in terms of the way we treat creation. How do we show respect to those other aspects of creation? What does it mean to love and care? And so as we go through these coming weeks in uncertain times, let's be looking beyond ourselves. Looking beyond ourselves because of that sense of responsibility for one another and care for one another in the community. But as we continue this environmental series as well, let's continue to explore and think and reflect on what it means to have a responsibility for the wider world. All creatures of our God and King give to our Lord a cheerful voice. Amen. Let's pray, shall we? Let's go straight into a time of intercession now this morning. Beginning from this reflection on creation. in your mind picture a particular aspect of creation that's one that you particularly appreciate how do you take this idea of the whole creation giving praise to God is that metaphor image in the 
in scripture of the trees of the field clapping their hands. Imagine them swaying in the wind. Lord, we thank you for the, the breadth and diversity of your creation. Thank you that you created the tiniest organism. But you also created the, the largest of living creatures. And thank you, Lord, for the way that you placed us at the pinnacle of your creation, but also with a responsibility for the created order. And we pray that you'll help us as we continue to work out what that means in today's world. In a time of diminishing resources, in times of climate change, and in a time when the poorest in our society seem to suffer and bear the brunt of poor decision-making in the world. Lord, may we respond with compassion. And we pray that those in positions of authority and influence might also do likewise. That they might look beyond themselves, beyond their own personal ambitions, even beyond the needs of their own communities and their own nation, to the good of a wider world. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. And Father, we do bring before you our concerns around coronavirus. It seems that the situation is changing day by day. We don't quite know what's coming next. But we ask, Lord God, that you would help us to truly trust in you. That where we are worried and concerned, perhaps fearful, you will help us to bring those fears to you and trust in your sovereignty. And Lord, we pray for those in the community who may be particularly at risk, those with underlying health conditions, the elderly. those with poor immune systems. We do pray for your protection. We also pray that we as a worshipping community might rise to challenge and show real compassion and love and practical care where we are able. In times of uncertainty, may people be pointed to you, the rock, the sure foundation. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. And we do pray with this in mind for our health services. Thank you for the incredible uh, commitment they show day by day. And at a time when may, may be asked for just that little bit more. We pray that you might strengthen them, 
resource them, encourage and affirm them. And pray for the government too as they, uh, day by day, having to reflect on the evolving situation and make decisions for the good of the nation and the wider world. We do pray for wisdom for them. Thank you that so many of the party political differences have been put aside at this time. We do pray for a unity of purpose in government. Amongst all our MPs and local councillors, all those of influence. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord, we also pray for the witness of your church in this Lenten season. As we move towards Easter and the great celebration and reflection on Jesus' death and resurrection. Thank you that we are a a good news people. And I pray, Lord God, that in our words, our attitudes and our actions, we might reflect that good news. And people that embrace suffering and struggle, that trust in your ultimate triumph and victory. So strengthen us, we pray, as your people. Thank you for your call on our lives as individuals. Thank you we're part of a community that stretches back down the generations. Forgive us when we do look at things purely from a personal perspective. Help us to see things from your perspective. And to recognise our total dependence on you, Lord. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Merciful Father, accept these prayers for the sake of your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ.